This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. Well, all right. I hope you're doing well today. It's a privilege to be able to spend time with you on the Culture Bus Tools podcast. Maybe you're traveling by car, you're flying by plane, or you're just cooking some dinner. I'm grateful you're taking time to listen in. I told you a little bit about my story in episode two. I hope that was encouraging to you. Um, Today, I want to talk to you about replicating leaders. Recently, I had the chance to share this teaching with all of our staff at Grace Church here in Greenville, South Carolina, and I've had several staff tell me it was helpful to them, so I thought I would share on the podcast. So today, I want to talk to you about a process you can implement in any environment, and I'm going to give you a tons of practical ideas, so this should be fun. Let's begin. So in case you don't know this about me, I have three kids. They're all under the age of 15. And if you're like me, balancing work, family, you know it's a challenge to lead and replicate ideas with your kids. Now, maybe you don't have kids, but you still understand the challenge that comes with leading and helping people embrace uh, the the leadership principle. Uh, so, so for me, like my kids are young now, but I know the day is coming soon when they turn 16 and start asking me for the keys to the car. And it would be foolish of me to send them for a night out behind the wheel without them being properly trained. Driving, it takes instruction and a lot of practice. And believe me, when the time comes, my kids will have both before I send them out on the road by themselves. You know, when you replicate leadership in someone, they also need instruction and they need practice. And I have found a helpful way to replicate leaders. I call this the four stages. You may have heard them. I didn't make these stages up by myself. I heard them somewhere. I don't know who came up with them originally. But here are the stages. Number one, I do, you watch. Stage two, I do, you help. Stage three, you do, I help. And stage four, you do, I celebrate. So let me say those again. That's a lot of information. So four stages for that you can use to replicate leaders. They are I do, you watch. I do, you help. You do, I help. And you do, I celebrate. So in this progression... There are points for positive encouragement and constructive critique, which effectively equip someone to replicate what you do. And eventually, they will be able to get behind the wheel and bring someone else along for the ride. So I'm sure that if I was to sit down with you and we were to have coffee and we were to talk, I'm sure you have tons of stories of people who have developed you as a leader. For some of us, we may remember someone giving us a personal ask and inviting us to be part of something uh, that we probably wouldn't have been a part of if they hadn't have asked us. Um, Maybe you remember someone building relational equity with you and just, you know, continuing to show you that they care, uh, that you matter to them. Maybe you remember someone challenging you to do something hard. I know I have lots of stories of people that pushed me uh, to do something hard. I wasn't really happy about it at the time, but um, I remember people challenging me to do that, and it changed the way I thought and and did things. Maybe you remember someone helping you become more self-aware. Man, I have had so many opportunities where people have, have just asked me questions and helped me learn who I am and, and what I'm capable of. Maybe you remember someone giving you strategic exposure to a ministry. I remember when Marty Baker, pastor of Stevens Creek and Community Church uh, in Augusta, Georgia, he 
gave me strategic exposure to a ministry and it changed the way that I thought about church uh, and what maybe God wanted for me. It, it was unbelievable. Maybe you remember someone casting a compelling vision of what it looks like to be a contributor rather than a consumer. Maybe you remember someone expressing their appreciation to you. Um, and there's nothing more powerful than when people just appreciate you and thank you. Um, maybe you remember someone challenging you to go out and replicate what they did with you with someone else. You know, we all have these life-changing stories like this. So how do we do this on a practical level? Well, I want to share with you a practical story with my oldest son. <clears throat> His name's Riley. When Riley was 12, Rachel and I challenged him to find a sport. We were like, man, you got to go find a sport. Uh, you got to do something. You can't sit around here and play tech all the time, you know. And he was passive about it. So I told him that he was going to join me and my workout buddies. And he hasn't left us. What's funny is that at one time he was a slacker kid, and now he is a leader amongst our group. And when he was 12, I had this idea to take Riley through the four stages that I mentioned before using F3 as the environment. Now, if you don't know anything about F3, you can check out F3Nation.com, but F3 is basically a, a free peer-led workout group for men. I've been doing it for several years now, and it has really benefited me greatly. Okay, so back to Riley. When he was 12, I had this idea to take Riley through the four stages using F3 as the environment. And so in this first stage, I do you watch, I, I wanted to see Riley be a leader amongst our group. And so one day I shared with him how that was going to happen. And because he experiences F3 three days a week, he could already see what that looked like. But in order to get him to carry weight in our group to lead a workout, I had to constantly share with him my expectations. It meant discussing the possibilities and dreaming about him one day leading a workout by himself. <clears throat> so in this next stage, I do, you help. One time before I led a workout, I asked him to help me. I asked him to lead the warm-up, which consists of about three exercises that take about eight minutes. And this gave him a chance to feel the weight of leading, but not having to own the entire experience or all of the responsibility. So... Third stage, you do, I help. Riley would eventually accept a request to lead a workout by the group. Uh, and I offered to help him prepare and even lead a function of the workout when he led it. He ended up knocking it out of the park. And the guys in my group were shocked at how efficient and difficult the workout was. And I was so proud. So fourth stage, you do, I celebrate. You know, Riley, he continues to lead workouts and steps up when our group of men asks him to lead. And Rachel and I continue to celebrate with him. And I must admit, it is pretty cool to see a 14-year-old kid get up at 4.50 a.m. three days a week to go work out in the cold and sometimes rain. So the potential to use environments to replicate leadership is endless. And you can do this with working with volunteers. You can do this with coaching kids through a sport. Um, you can do this through teaching environments. I mean, you could even do this cleaning up the kitchen and cleaning the ditches. Um, the dishes. Um, you, or the ditches. You could do that too. Um, you could do this using technology. You could do this managing schedules. I mean, the list is endless. So here are some practical ideas I think are helpful to concentrate on when trying to replicate leaders. So if we were to focus on this first stage, I do, you watch. In this stage, 
you're you're really just asking someone to join you. You know, you got to have somebody that you're going to invite into a relationship with you. And so you just invite somebody. Just just go find someone. You got people around you all the time whether it's your kids, whether it's a roommate, uh, whether it's uh, someone that you work with, maybe it's a, a ministry volunteer, a partner in, in, in business, whatever the case may be, you just need to invite somebody. So the second thing is that you need to do is you really need to cast a vision for what leadership looks like. So I like to focus on competency and character when I am casting a vision for what leadership looks like. Now, let me unpack that a little bit. When I think about competency, I think about the skills that are required to get something done. So, you know, for instance, if, if you were trying to help someone clean the dishes, the, the skills are, you know, learning how to get the plate wet and maybe scraping the dishes and then putting it organized in an organized fashion in the dishwasher. So that might be a competency. <clears throat> now, character is a little bit different. There's a heart piece behind that. Um, that's what I reference when I think about character. You know, why are we doing this in the first place? Well, man, I try to wash the dishes because I try to be a blessing to my wife and my kids. And so if I'm going to teach that, if I'm going to replicate my own leadership and how I think about that with someone else, then I may, I need to focus on the heart. I need to focus on like, you know, how we're going to be a blessing and a shade for people. And there's a spiritual element behind that in my home. And so I would encourage you to try to find a way to, to, to create a competency and a character side of casting vision for what leadership looks like. Okay. So number three, I think you need to provide that individual with resources. So let me give you an analogy. I call this the birdhouse analogy, but let's say I asked you to build a birdhouse. Do you think you could do it? Now, here's another way. What if I asked you to build a birdhouse, but I pre-cut the wood for you, I got you a how-to YouTube video, I you know, asked you to meet me at a specific time, and I walked you and helped you through that? I mean, it'd be pretty hard for you not to fail, right? So effective equipping, in this sense, it, it puts all the tools in the hands of the people so that they're set up for success. A great picture of this in the Bible is when David learned that his son Solomon was the one that God had chosen to build the temple. Instead of fighting God's plan, he did everything he could to equip his son to carry out the vision. And in 1 Chronicles 28-29, through 29, if you get a chance, read that in the next couple of days. We see David, he goes above and beyond by giving Solomon his resources, the vision, leaders, and his blessing. And you know what? All Solomon had to do was the work. All he had to do was show up. So as a, as a leader, you have the incredible opportunity to take hold of the potential you see in people and prepare them for the great things that God is going to do in and through them. But this requires putting yourself aside to, to pour this vision into others. But when you do that, what happens is it creates a transaction as your vision becomes alive in each person that you're able to do this with. So it's very powerful. You got to provide them with resources. It is a lot of work, but it is so worth it. I think another area here in the I do you watch stage is make them aware of the problem you are solving. 
Okay, so make them aware of the problem you are solving. Um, I heard Will Mancini tell me this one time. He said, people don't care about your solution until they are emotionally connected to the problem it solves. Okay, so people don't care about your solution until they're emotionally connected to the problem it solves. So you got to help people understand and, and connect them emotionally to what you're trying to accomplish. There's a problem that needs to be solved. Hey, if we don't do the dishes, then what happens is it creates disorder and entropy, right? I mean, entropy is everywhere. It's the moral decay of everything. And so if we just leave everything out here on the kitchen, and let's say I'm, I'm leading my son to help replicate the dishes, I'm just using that as an example example, then man, what we do is we're not really helpful in our home. We're not really leading. We're being passive, which is a core sin of, of man. So you just got to help them understand the problem that you're trying to solve. Okay. All right. So let's move on to stage two. I do you help in this stage. You're really asking this person that you've invited what they learned after watching you go first. Now you got to listen and adjust. You got to listen and adjust and you got to really celebrate and evaluate. This is a a constant thing that you're doing, but you got to ask them what they learned after watching you go first. And guess what? You've got to go first. You also need to challenge them to choose a time to help you carry some of the weight. So in one of my roles at Grace Church, I'm kind of an advisor for our Connect team. So this is what we call our hospitality ministry, our first 11-minute experience of a guest. And so one of the things that we have in our Connect team is something called a huddle. It happens about... 30 minutes before a service starts, all of our volunteers meet and we've got kind of an eight minute huddle where there's certain things that are happening. So when we're helping leaders kind of lead this huddle, we're trying to replicate leaders to lead this huddle. Um, we're helping, we're asking them if they'll just help lead a function of the huddle. This might be sharing a story, reporting the announcement, sharing the day's events, um, or, or maybe even ending the huddle in prayer. So in this stage, you know, if I had somebody that I was, that I had invited to be part of leading the huddle, I might just say, Hey, would you next Sunday, would you be willing to close us in prayer when we do this huddle? And it's, it's the, the point is, is that you're, you're helping people, uh, uh, you're giving them an ask to help you lead, but you're not making them carry all of the weight. So this is really helpful. Um, I would say you're also helping them experience a win. So, so like I said, the goal here is to let them carry enough of the weight without feeling all of the responsibility. And I think that another piece here in the, uh, I do you help stage is just giving them a big ask to carry more weight. You know, when they're finished helping, you know, give them a little bit more, give them a little bit more, help them carry more weight. Um, and so moving into this stage three, you do, I help in this stage, you're really giving them a chance to lead by getting out of the way. So you have to learn any leader knows this, that you got to learn to loosen your grip on things so that you can receive more. I mean, that's really what a leader does. Uh, and so this is, this is very challenging. So you've got to offer your support. And this is the difference between throwing someone into the deep end and walking with them. I think you need to remember the 80% rule. I think John Maxwell came up with that idea that if somebody can do something 80%, then let them go. I think, I think you can get away with 70, but you know, just, I think this is a very important part of this stage in stage four. You do. I celebrate in this stage. You're really challenging them to replicate the previous stages with someone else on their own. 
And don't forget to thank them for leading and celebrate with them. That's so important. And um, I think this is a very important part of this is that you need to find someone else to lead. You need to do this again. You need to replicate again. You need to find another person that you can do this with. So, so great. I showed you, uh, shared with you these four stages. I think they're really helpful. You can go apply those today. But why is it important? I mean, what's at stake if you don't do this? I, I think I want to share three things with you and then I'm going to give you a next step. I think number one, the mission is at stake. So think about the mission as something that you're trying to accomplish. This is what you do, right? So for us in the church world, I mean, this is a challenge because it only takes one generation um, to drift away from the mission and it's over. So this is really, really important for us as church leaders. I think as a leader who is going to carry the torch when you aren't there, you got to ask that question all the time. Like, who's going to do this when you're no longer here? Um, when you change roles, like what happens next? Um, I've been a part of a lot of growing organizations. And one of the things I've learned in a growing organization is sometimes you might be in a role and in three months you're in another role. So you got to constantly be replicating your leadership because you might not be in that spot soon. And then what happens when you're gone? So this is really important. I'll be honest, man. I want you to feel the urgency of being intentional with people and replicating yourself. So if not, you're going to, the mission is at stake and you're going to fail to accomplish the mission. So what else is at stake? I think people are at stake. So Jesus, he called us to make disciples. This is so important for us as Christ followers. So developing people is all about slow crockpot growth. So don't be in a rush. This takes time. And so let it, let it just be like that crockpot growth. I love it when my wife cooks in the crockpot. She just throws some, <laughs> some season and some salt and some different things in there and some meat and she lets it sit all day. And it's so good. It just is so chewy. And oh man, I'm getting hungry now. But that's, that's really what, what happens when you begin to develop people. You just do it in slow growth and don't be in a rush. Okay. You got to learn how to bridge the gap for people. And so what I mean by that is that some temperaments, some personalities, they need more of a nudge and an encouragement. So some people might, might need more handholding for, from you. And you got to learn that as you work with people. Remember that you're inviting people into doing something. So for us in the church world, we're inviting people to be part of ministry. And, and when you're in this, I think, you know, just learning that people are at stake. Remember to be visible with people. Remember to be intentional with people. Remember to be authentic with people. I mean, just be you, you know, just be you. And who doesn't want this kind of relationship with someone? So I think, you know, the mission is at stake. People are at stake. And I think also you're at stake. So when you take a chance on replicating leaders, you develop yourself. This process will help you become more effective for the kingdom and it's going to take it's going to take on growth in your organization and your ministry. Replicating leaders is an overflow of discipleship and development done well. Okay? So so here here are some things that I want you to be thinking about. Here's a question. Would you rather be thrown into something and have to figure it out on your own versus someone coming alongside you and equipping you to hit a home run? Okay, so here's the deal. I want to provide you with a leadership replication tool that I think can be incredibly helpful. It walks you through six areas that will help you launch the four stages into action. This tool will help you think through the environments you're in and get clear on how to develop leaders who help you lead them. So 
Working through this tool will give you those around you a vision for success as well as a structure so that they are equipped to step in and carry the weight of leadership. And as current leaders are being developed on all levels, you're more likely to move new leaders into new roles. So you're going to love it. So head on over to culturebustools.cc forward slash leadership replication. Uh, and, uh, man, I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Hey, if you like today, man, I'd love it if you just maybe give me a review or share it with someone else or, um, man, just give me a couple stars, whatever. It helps people find the podcast. And, uh, if you ever have questions, you want to, you want to talk about a specific topic. If you think there's somebody you'd like me to interview or man, you just want to talk more about something, man, either, you know, shoot me an email, go to my website at culturebus.cc. I would love to connect with you. And, uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast.